Hello, and welcome to the Zeal for Your House podcast. My name is Caleb Griffith, and I'm so glad you've joined me today as we look into the Word of God to inform our minds, engage our hearts, renew our spirits, and save our souls. Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 6 of the Zeal for Your House podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how we can optimize our time. Time management is universally regarded as a skill of chief importance in success. That applies to any venture of life and certainly to our Christianity. You see, discipleship is not only a lifelong commitment, but a weekly and daily commitment. If we want to maximize our efforts to serve and glorify God, as anyone who loves God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength will want to do, then we need to consider how we are using our time each day and week. What draws the majority of our attention? Life is filled with many distractions. Do we give in to those? How are we maintaining our focus in spiritual matters and actions? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16 commands us to redeem the time because the days are evil. Life is short, like a vapor or mist that vanishes away. James chapter 4 verses 13 through 17. We need to redeem, to get the best value out of our time. We're going to draw four thoughts today from the context of Ephesians 5.16, where we are commanded to redeem the time. And our question is, how should we be spending our time as Christians? In the book of Ephesians, as Paul is in the midst of this discussion about putting off the old man and putting on the new, about walking as God would have us to, not like the people, the nations around us, Ephesians 4.17 but as God would have us to in the image of Christ. And Paul explains for us in detail what that looks like. He gives us specific applications we can make to our lives, such as not lying, verse 25 of chapter 4, being angry without falling into sin, not letting anger drive us to do that which is wrong, verse 26. Verse 28, we do not steal. We work to have those things that we need. Verse 29 of chapter 4 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And so Paul is describing what a mature, faithful Christian looks like, the way they live, the choices they make. And in this context, in Ephesians 5 and verse 16, he commands us to be redeeming the time, to getting the best value out of our time. So how are we spending our time as Christians? First, we need to be using our time to walk in love, to love others. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31 says this, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You see, there are certain things that we should just not waste our time on. 
There are those sins which waste our time, which take away from our productivity as Christians, as disciples of Christ, which hurt our faith and our spiritual growth. Bitterness is one of those. Holding grudges is really just wasting time. God calls us to forgive, and we're going to look at that closer in a moment. We need to put aside, put away those things which hurt us and hurt others. We need to love others, putting away bitterness and wrath and anger, those things which are contrary to biblical love, which is patient and kind. We need to put away clamor and evil speaking. That means putting away gossip, not talking about people negatively when they are not around and without their approval. We need to put away those things which lead us to have strife with one another, which take away peace. Pursue peace with all people, Hebrews 12 and verse 14 says. Ephesians 4 verse 32 says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I think everyone associates virtues like kindness and compassion and forgiveness with Christianity. But do we really understand what it means for us to live this way as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's not just something that I say I want to be or that I say I should be. Do those virtues define who I am? Do they define the way that I treat people? What about the way that I treat my family, the people I live with? Do I treat them with kindness and compassion and forgiveness? What about my coworkers or my classmates if I'm in school? How do I treat them? How do I interact with them? Am I shining the light of Christ? You see, when we think about optimizing our time, it means being intentional about these things. Not just assuming that if we go to church on Sundays, so to speak, and if we try to be good people, that we'll end up looking like this. We'll end up acting like this. Optimizing our time for the glory of God means purposefully setting aside time and using our time to be kind to people, to show compassion and love. We need to imitate the love of God. That's how Paul continues. Chapter 5, verse 1 of Ephesians, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. In the same way that God loves and that Christ loves, we need to love others. We need to love our fellow man. We need to show compassion and grace to others as God does for us. Are we using our time, how short it is here on this earth, are we using that time to walk in love? Number two, we need to be using our time to walk in the light. We think about 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, which says so beautifully, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. And what a beautiful passage that is. How often do we treat walking in the light as something that just kind of happens? that we just believe certain things about God and about Jesus and about the Bible, and we perhaps don't do really bad things, and we try to be a good person overall. That's not what it means to walk in the light. 
Walking in the light is about being diligent and intentional and doing what God has commanded us, living in a way that we imitate the light of God, who is light, according to 1 John 1 and verse 5. It means being intentional about not using our time for certain things which are sinful. Verse number 3 of Ephesians chapter 5, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. The Bible teaches that every Christian, every child of God by faith is a saint. Do we live like we're saints? We think about the picture of whom we might call a saint. Paul says we need to live in a way that is fitting for saints. That when people look at us and if they were to draw an image of our lives and our character and the way we live, that it would fit the image of a saint, of someone who is holy and upright and moral and good. That's the kind of people that we need to be. Verse number four, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Paul tells us very plainly that these things, those things which are filthy and foolish and coarse or, or rough, those things are not fitting for saints, for the people of God. For this you know, verse number five, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. If we are walking in darkness, if we are living like the world does, if we are refusing to follow the will of God, we have no inheritance. We have no place in his kingdom, in his kingdom of light. Verse number six, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. There are people today who will try to deceive you, who will try to trick you into thinking that certain behavior is acceptable in the eyes of God. But those words are empty because they are not founded on the truth of God's word. Let no one deceive you. Because of these things, those things which are sinful, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who follow those deeds. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is, it, what is acceptable to the Lord. How are we using our time? Are we spending our time by walking in darkness? By doing those things which are not fitting for saints? Or are we intentional about using the time that we have each and every day to walk in the light, to produce the fruit of the Spirit, to find out what is acceptable to God. Verse 11, to have no fellowship, no participation with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, show them for what they are. And we do so by the light of God's word. For it is shameful, verse 12, even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Jesus shows us how to live. He shows us the path that we are to follow. Are we using our time to follow his path, to do things according to his will? Number three, we need to be using our time 
to walk in wisdom. Verse number 15 of Ephesians 5 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That word circumspectly means being precise and exact, being diligent and careful. Now, what does that mean for the way we walk? That is the way we live. We need to be precise and exact in our actions. We can't just go through life without thinking, without considering what we're doing, just doing whatever seems right to us in the moment. We need to be precise. When it comes to following God, we aim to hit the nail on the head. We don't just hope for the best. We need to be exact and diligent and careful in the way that we live, not living as fools, fools who live from moment to moment, who make decisions based on whatever way seems right to them. But we know, Proverbs 14 and verse 12, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We need to think about the way that we live. And that's where Paul says in verse 16, redeeming the time. We need to be careful with how we are making choices each day, what kind of choices we are making, for what goals we are making those choices, what we are pursuing in life. How are we using in time? Are we walking in wisdom? or living foolishly from day to day. Verse number 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Did you know that you can understand God's will? It's not beyond us. It's not beyond our comprehension. We can know what God wants us to do. And it is a foolish thing, first of all, to think that we couldn't know. Second of all, it is foolish to reject what God has said, to not do those things that we know he wants us to, to think that our way could be better. That is foolishness. We need to seek wisdom, pursue wisdom, knowing that wisdom comes from the Lord God. Proverbs chapter 2 verses 1 through 6 and James chapter 1 and verse 5. We need to spend our time making wise choices, doing those things which will help us, help us to be better as Christians, to grow in grace and knowledge, 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. Spending our time helping others with the words that we speak, with what we do for others, how we care for them, how we build them up in the Lord, teaching them, edifying them, encouraging them in the faith. We need to be intentional. We need to use the time that we have, how limited it is. We need to use it for God's glory and service to Him. And number four, we need to be using our time to walk in the Spirit. We need to be walking in the Spirit. Paul describes this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 and going through the end of the chapter. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. That is the rule of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, 
that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, we read about how there are certain things that if we choose to live in such a way, that if we choose to submit ourselves to the lusts of the flesh, to do what feels good and right to us in the moment, we have no inheritance in God's kingdom. We have no place among his flock, his sheep. John chapter 10. That's what it means to walk in the flesh. But what does it look like to walk in the Spirit? Verse 22 of Galatians 5, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You see, when we are walking in the Spirit, when we are being led by the Spirit, we are not under the rule of the flesh any longer. We are under the rule of the Spirit of God. Verse 24, those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's what we do in the waters of baptism, as Romans chapter 6 and verses 3 and 4 describe. Paul says in those verses, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, verse 5, certainly we shall also be united together in the likeness of his resurrection. When we obey the gospel, when we submit ourselves to the command of Jesus Christ to be baptized, the command given by Peter by inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 and verse 38 to be baptized for the remission of sins in the name of Jesus Christ. When we submit to that command, we are putting the man of sin to death. We are becoming free from the rule, the reign of sin as Romans chapter 6 would go on to describe. And contrast that in Romans chapter 7 with what the rule of the flesh looks like when sin is in control. And then we come to chapter 8 of that wonderful book and read about how when we are walking in the Spirit, there is no condemnation when we are in Christ Jesus. We are free from the law, the rule of sin and death. We are free to submit to God, to follow Him, to be His holy people, to be His children. And so, Galatians 5 and verse 25, now Paul comes to the point. If we live in the Spirit, if we are these people who have put the flesh to death and are now living in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We need to live in such a way that it is in accordance with the Spirit of God. Now, how do we do that? We need to look to the Word, which was given by the Spirit of God. We need to see what He has told us. You know, God will never call us anywhere that His Word has not commanded us. God will never contradict himself. And so we don't have to worry about what other men might say or what other people might believe or what feels right to us. We can look to the truth of God's word and know what God wants us to do, who he wants us to be. And we can walk in his spirit. We can take on his character, thereby imitating him as his children. And Paul concludes Galatians chapter 5, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And continuing into chapter 6, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We think about those things, and that's what it means to walk in the Spirit. 
Are we using our time for those things? As we go throughout our day, are we living with conceit, thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, as Paul says not to do in Romans chapter 12, verse 3? When our brethren, when our friends are drawn up in sin, when they are trespassing against the law of God, do we restore them? Do we seek to correct them and guide them back to the right way in a spirit of gentleness, considering ourselves, as Paul says? Are we using our time each day to bear one another's burdens, to see what is weighing people down and hurting them, and to help them, to have compassion on them, to take care of them as the family of Christ? That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. Now let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and see what Paul says there it means to walk in the Spirit. And here in verse 18 he says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't indulge yourselves in the lusts of the flesh. Fill yourself with the Spirit. If we are filled with the Spirit, that means there's no room for anything else, correct? We must fill ourselves with the Spirit of God. Now, what, Paul, does that mean? And what does that look like? Well, Paul tells us, he tells us very plainly in the following verses. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, being filled with the Spirit, looks like singing. Singing is that expression of joy, that expression of praise unto God. That's what a spiritual person does. They worship God, but not only that, they speak to one another. We speak to each other as brethren with our singing, to edify one another, to teach and admonish one another, as Colossians 3 and verse 16 says, to encourage one another. We sing and make melody in our hearts because of who we are in our hearts, that we are God's people. We are the people led by his spirit. Verse number 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. A spiritual person is one who is giving thanks, doing that always. That means they are not a complainer. They are not someone who is just frustrated with everything going on in the world. They're not someone who's just drawn up in how bad life is. Now, they're not overly optimistic. They don't ignore the bad things of life and think everything is fine and dandy and we don't have to worry about anything at all because there are things in life that deserve our attention. And that, that's why we need to bear one another's burdens. It's not ignoring the burdens of life. But it's focusing on our God even in the trials. It's counting those trials as joy, not because of the trials themselves, but because the testing of our faith produces patience and patience when we let it work within us can make us perfect and complete in the eyes of God. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And so we give thanks. And then in verse 21 of Ephesians 5, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Walking in the Spirit means being humble. It means being willing to submit to others, to do what they want to do, not having to have it your way, not throwing temper tantrums when things don't go your way not behaving in a childlike and foolish manner, but submitting to one another. Not because we fear one another. It's not about any of us being great or deserving that authority. We submit to one another, Paul says, in the fear of God, because of God's authority. That's why we submit to each other. That's why we let others have their way. That's why we give preference to one another with honor and respect and affection, as Paul says in Romans 12, in verse number 10, 
Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Why? Because that's the mind that Jesus had. That's how he thought of us. Let this mind be in you, because it was also in Christ Jesus, Paul continues in Philippians 2 and verse 5. Walking in the Spirit means avoiding those distractions of the flesh. It means worshiping God with pureness of soul and spirit in the way that he has called us to do, with joy in our hearts, with gratitude in our hearts, being thankful to God even when life gets hard, when the road gets tough. We thank God because we know that God is faithful. We know that God has not turned his back on us. And so we trust in him. We trust in his goodness. And we thank him for being who he is, our Father, our Lord, our Guide, our Shepherd, our God. So how are we using our time? Do we go through life without any real meaning, just going through each day mindlessly, going through endless routines, or are we focused and diligent in doing what God would have us to do, in being his people, the saints, the members, those who have an inheritance in the kingdom of God? Are we intentional about walking in love, about walking in the light, about walking in wisdom, and walking in the spirit of God? If we will dedicate ourselves to those ways of life, to those choices, those practices, avoiding those things which draw us away from God, always growing closer to Him, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. Then imagine what our lives could look like. Imagine the time, the effort, the dedication put in. Our time could be optimized in service to God, we could maximize our efforts in serving Him, and God will be glorified. Thank you for listening to the Zeal for Your House podcast. I'm Caleb Griffith, and it has been a pleasure to share thoughts from the Word of God with you today. If you have questions or comments on the episode, or if you are interested in further discussion of today's topic, or if you simply want to learn more about God, Jesus, and the Bible, I gladly invite you to contact me. You can reach me by email at zealforyourhouse217 at gmail.com, or you can find the Zeal for Your House page on Facebook or Instagram and message me there. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.